So you light bold red wine most of the time With notes of fig and raisin You like a cold brew and pitching horseshoes As the sun is fading You like football games and dishing out nicknames But Godfather's one and two not so fast, we got a podcast. We like that too. 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 Hey, Bon Vivants, welcome back to the We Like That Too podcast. I'm Brad Jones. Welcome to 2024. Happy Certainly glad. glad it, we kind of snuck into 2024. We did. With our last show. Yeah. And of course, joining us, Keith Inlow, the head Bon Vivant. Welcome, everybody. Speaking glad of, to have speaking you last open the show, new year with us. Wasn't yes. it fun? It was fun. Renee Adams. She. Yeah. Uh, I wish she had a little more energy. Oh, if we could just get her to come out of her shell a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do something we haven't done for a while. We're going to do yours truly about what we've been watching. We're going to chat. We're going to we have are. a chat. We are almost overloaded. I know. With media options nowadays. I love to watch movies. I love TV. I love some of these series and stuff. But I'm to a point now where I have trouble keeping up with where I'm at, especially like these episodic things that are long and drawn out. And you might have a, a season that ends and then doesn't come on again until a year later and was like, I got to go back and watch that last season again so I could get caught up. I tell you what I did. I was going through Netflix and it said, because you liked yes. uh, such and such, I was like, oh, that one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Thank yeah, I you. Forgot. Thank you for jogging my memory. I forgot. I, 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 and, and, and to a, you know, to a point, that isn't really good for the series when you it well, really wasn't all that memorable or something like, oh, wow, that was. It seems to me there would be a point of diminishing returns if you stretch stuff out too long. I get it if it's advertised television, you know, commercial TV or radio or whatever, because you want people to come back and see the ads. But when it's a streaming program, it's like, give it to me all at once. I want to, you know, I want to binge these things. They've gone back to some of these programs are released one episode a week, mm -hmm. like in the old days. Yeah. And I just want to go, no, I want to see it all. You know, I, I hate waiting. Don't you think they take a risk when they do that? Well, I don't know. Because if your show sucks, you're like... Hmm. I hope they come back next week. Of well, course, you know, that's with regular TV, too. It but. is. And, and you have this narrow window, it seems to me, with all these choices out there that if you don't capture the audience quickly, uh, I'm gone. Yeah. I'm gone on to something else. Yeah. I might come back and try it again, but you're not going to get me the first time around. I tried so. to be better about that because I, I, have, know, I have found that you do have to have some character development. You've yes. got to have a little bit of backstory, although what they really love to do is to take the backstory and uh, milk it for all it's worth for the first, you know, maybe the whole show. Exposition. You finally find out what's going on. Yeah, expositions, everything. There is this, I don't know that it's new, but there, there's a lot of them that they give you the ending first and then they go back and tell you, you how they got you there. How you got there. Yeah, so I don't know. That's just a choice, I guess. But uh, anyway, we're going to get into that, Bon Vivants. But before we do that, let's keep things in order. Let's keep you know things my in job. order. Absolutely. Today we are drinking, a, this is a really nice wine. And I'll tell you a little background on this one. Some very dear friends of ours who are part of our wine club are members of this winery's wine club. They bring this to parties and stuff frequently. They've gifted us bottles of it. And so I finally just 
decided to to pull one out and try it. It's Sterling Vineyards. The name is, you know, infamous in wine. They are very well known. But this is the 2018 Napa Valley Red Blend. Quite a story about Sterling. Well, first of all, let's let's talk about the wine itself. Beautiful, dark red. Like it looks like a cab to me. It does. Um, but it is deep, a blend. It is a blend, and I'll tell you how many blends in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I love blends, and uh, but Sterling is known for their Bordeaux Burgundy style wines, uh, Cabernet. They do a lot of, and they've kind of made their name in reserves their single vineyards and their vintner collection lines uh that's that's really where they shine um little background on sterling it's in napa valley right near calistoga and uh, founded in 1964 by one of the you know Cal- the fathers of california wine peter newton sure so um but they've gone through quite a history of purchases in in 77 they were purchased by the coca-cola company Coke thought they were going to get into wine really? at one point. Yeah, yeah. in eighty two, it must have been after New Seagrams. Yeah, <laughs> they, did, they needed some revenue. Yeah, in uh, eighty two, Seagrams bought them. You know, Seagrams is all over the map in as far as beverages and this, distilled beverages, and wines, beers, that kind of thing. Um, Diageo bought them in two thousand one, and then. Treasury Estates in 2016, and that's who owns them now. So they've kind of gone through several hands. The other interesting thing that my wife pointed out to me is it's a real tourist attraction to visit uh, Sterling Vineyards when you're in Napa because I guess of their, their elevation, you take a gondola ride like a ski lift gondola ride to get up to the vineyard. Oh, nice. Yeah, so that sounds kind of fun. So anyway, so this is the 2018 Sterling Vineyards Red Blend. Here's what's in it. Syrah. Merlot, Zinfandel, Petit Syrah, Petit Verdot. No Cabernet in this at all. Wow. Which really surprises me. But what do you think about it? I love it. I, I absolutely too. love it. This is a, uh, I don't want to call it an everyday drinker because it's not one of the less expensive. No, this is about a $65 bottle of wine. It's a, you know, it's it's an affordable price, but it's worth it because of the quality you're getting in this bottle. I get uh, certainly the black fruits, the raspberries, the blackberries, um, good fruit on this. The nose on it is, you you mentioned it, uh, it's a little bit funky, but not old world funky. This is real earthy, though. But when when you opened it, you immediately, and I was sitting, you know, I was sitting across from you, yeah. and I was like, Whoa! I could yeah, tell. Could, I could tell he, are, he you opened. You didn't, it across the you didn't room, have can't to you? stick your nose yeah, in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it you could smell it across it was, the room. It was great. The other thing that both of us picked out was some tobacco notes and some leather notes, uh, smoke, a little bit of smoke, and um, and an earthiness. And I, I thought about it. It's mushrooms. mushrooms. You and I both both love mushrooms. It's that mush, that woody mushroom, not oak, right? But mushroom, it's a, it's really delightful, and this would pair with a lot of different stuff. Wow, this would be um, good with a steak. Steak this would certainly, be, yeah. Any pasta, kind of meats, pizza, pasta. yeah. It's a pretty, it's a very versatile wine. Yeah. I would think full bodied, certainly uh, very dry, but the fruit on the front is well balanced. It's not a, it's not a 
fruit bomb like some of the cabs that come out of Napa Valley, but very nice wine. I highly recommend the Sterling Vineyards 2018 Red Blend, or any Sterling wine for that matter. I haven't had a bad one. Now, I think, do they have some pretty premium? I mean, some of their Sterling oh, yeah. Reserves, I think, oh, yeah. kind of get up there in get, the uh, you comma You as much comma as range. you'd like yeah. to pay for a Sterling wine. Yeah, <laughs> they are a reputable, long-term, reputable vineyard of quali- high-quality wines, California wines. Yeah. Which is probably why people wanted to buy them. No doubt. I mean, well, it kind of speaks to that as yeah. far as Napa is concerned. You know, people are always looking for who's uh, who's making premium product that's consistent. The other thing about red blends that we forget is not only is it a variety of grapes, but it's a variety of microclimates and soils and AVAs that Tracks, all these different yeah. grapes are coming from. Sure. So you get that, in this case, perfect marriage of all those things. So it's a really, really nice wine. So, there you go. There's our one bottle for the day. And we can find this at Barvino, downtown beautiful Jefferson Um, City. Thank you, Matt Green and Barvino for being a sponsor of the program. Definitely. Absolutely. And you know what we're going to talk about today, Brett? Why don't you tell the Bombay Bonds what we're going to do today? Well, we're going to talk a a little bit about what we've been uh, watching, uh, what we've been doing uh, over the holidays. We're going to talk. You know what? It's our damn show. We're grown-ass men. We can talk about anything we want to. So that's do what I want. Do <laughs> what I want. But primarily, we're going to talk about what we've been watching. Yeah, what we've been watching. Uh, do you have a go-to uh, movie that, during the holidays that you know it just you can't have Christmas if you don't watch this at some point? That's a, that's a very tough question, you know. And a lot of the times we've had, <laughs> I had just this the past holiday, you know, the old discussion is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Okay, <laughs> I can argue it both ways. Then you get to what's your favorite Christmas movie? That's too tough for me. Yeah. It's too tough for me. And it's changed over the years. You know, when Elf came out, Elf is is historically a relatively new Christmas movie. Although if we look at the calendar, it's probably been out 20 years. But mm-hmm. but Elf is one of my favorites. The, the 1983, I think it is, version of Miracle on 34th Street is still one of my favorites. So the old standards, but then there's some new ones that are that are really good. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Yeah, just yeah. curious. Yeah. Because I, I always enjoy the Christmas season because they always have you know the oldies but goodies. Oh, yeah. I, I love White Christmas. Yes, it's one of yes. my it's one White of my Christmas. absolute favorites. It's and, a wonderful uh, life, you know. Wonderful life. Those are all great. They're great, great movies, yeah. and uh, you kind of feel like it's the it's the season yeah. when those uh, start popping yeah. up. They on, do put you in the mood when Janet and I are decorating the Christmas tree and stuff. We always kind of have something it's like fun that to have one on. It sure is. Yeah, it sure is. It is. Well, you know, speaking of, let, let's get this in here too, since we're going to talk about movies, video, streaming stuff. Let's talk about where you can access this kind of stuff. Um, certainly, you can join all these streaming services. You can rent movies, buy them online. You can go. You can still go to the theater, folks. You know they're still out there. But another place you may not know you can access stuff like this is at your local library. Missouri River Regional Library is our local library, and they have a, a system and a program called Canopy with a K. And you can actually, through the library and your library card, download, rent, look at all these movies of all types. You know, uh, tra- traditional. Classics, documentaries, uh, movies, foreign films, children's shows, television shows, series, that kind of thing through the Canopy program. So check that out if you're looking for a place. And, you know, some of those streaming services can get expensive. So if you're looking for a cheap place to, to find that stuff, check out your local library. 
and the Canopy System. And we appreciate Missouri River Regional Library for being a sponsor of the program. Yes, we do. Because your library isn't a place for just old, dusty books anymore. That's exactly right. It's way more than that. That's right. That's right. All right, Dr. Jones, what have you been watching lately? Okay, well, here's what I want to do. I want to stop. I want to start at the top of the mountain because I think you've probably got this one too. But it just... It it was one that I definitely put as one of the best that I've seen in a long time. Okay, Maestro. Okay, the, Maestro's the, on my the, list. The story Let's talk about of Leonard Bernstein, um, a very complicated man, a a genius as far as music is concerned, but not exactly uh, a toe tapper as far as his person <laughs> his personal life was really. <laughs> Was really uh, well tormented. I think is the best word. I mean, uh, like was, a lot of art, artists, he had some tortured aspects to his life. No I mean, doubt. he was a gay man. I think, and who was married, and you know, it, with children, with children, yep. and that uh, that usually that conflict is rather severe. Well, and especially in his time, that was right. not what it is today. Absolutely, and certainly trying to play, you know, two sides of the same record, if you would. Um, it was like a double life for him, although his although not to give anything away, but, you know, it, it was hidden from the public, but not from those closest to him. Everybody yeah. around him knew, yeah. which was and, which was just like Hollywood. I and, mean, everybody knew who was gay in Hollywood, yes, yeah. except anybody he outside. Just, of- he just didn't talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't talk yeah. about it. I want I do want to say one thing, because I always struggle with this, too. I looked it up. It's Leonard Bernstein. Stein. And it's Oscar Hammerstein. Stein. Yeah. And I always get like, they're spelled S-T-E-I-N. <laughs> How do you pronounce it? So, yeah. Uh, but no, I, I've said that too. But but uh, genius artist, no doubt about it. Bradley Cooper. Well, well I'm talking about well, Leonard Bernstein. Leonard Bernstein. Was, but yes, yeah. Bradley Cooper wrote, co-wrote and directed it and stars in it and yeah, did, did an amazing job. I thought it was a tour de force uh, performance, performance I agree. Of, of his. I, agree. I really, really do. He, I'm assuming is going to be up for many, many awards for this thing. Whether he wins or not, we'll get into that later. But yeah, I liked, I liked it. You and Carrie what? Mulligan, I thought was she's fantastic. Great. She's she great. Was, she was great. If yeah. you're not familiar, she's a she's an English actress. Yes, and I thought she played to him just the way great foil you would, yep. and, and and it was just a wonderful performance. You know where we? I mean, she, you you will recognize her if you don't know the name from a lot of movies. She's in a lot of stuff, but you know the one that stood out to me that we've talked about before, the the Great Dig. Oh, the yeah. dig, yeah, the dig, yeah. And, I love uh, that movie. It was a great movie. Yeah. I know we've talked about it in previous shows. There's, uh, there, there, I'd forgotten she was the female lead. I in forgot that. she was too. Yeah. thank you. Because yeah. that's, uh, I love that movie. It was yeah, great. if you all haven't seen that one, we go, I don't one. mind talking about that one again because yeah. there's not a whole lot that archaeology is at the it's at the center of the yeah. well, Indiana Jones, but in a uh, different way. Though. This is a totally real different way. This is a real quiet yeah, sort of Indiana, Indiana Jones. But, um, yeah, I thought Maestro was very good. I thought it was. It's a. I'm going to warn you, Bon Vivants. It's a very artsy film as far as its approach, how they do things, and how they tell the story. The, you know, the best thing about it was the soundtrack. It's a great soundtrack. All, well, it's all Leonard Bernstein music. Yeah. It's an amazing soundtrack, <laughs> all the stuff he wrote. Uh, so that part of it was fun. You know, you'd, it's one of those things where I believe a soundtrack shouldn't stand out in a movie, but this one does, and it needs to, and it's perfect. Because when a certain song comes on, you're like, oh, I know that song. Yeah. He wrote that. I'd forgotten he wrote that song. Yeah. Really amazing soundtrack. So. 
Um, good one. I like Maestro. I liked it a lot. Well, it's kind of like if you watch Yankee Doodle Dandy, you know, with uh, you know, yeah. you're like you yeah. kind of expect that the move, the music is going to be yes, <laughs> the yeah. uh, Cohen tunes, you know, because yeah. it's about it's a story of his life. You would so, hope it would be that way, right? That's right. So that's right. And it's historic. You know, it is historic. It was educational to me because I didn't know a lot about his personal life. I didn't either. And so that part of it was was really cool. And the other thing that was some of the people he rubbed shoulders with on his way up are huge names in the music business. And, uh, yeah. you know, Jerome Robbins, Jerome Robbins and Jerry, and, yeah, you know, Jerry. West Side Story. <laughs> yep. They were good buddies. And there there were a couple other names. It's like, oh, they were contemporaries. You forget about that. They were. It's a very interesting movie. Yeah. I can recommend it. It's well, a, th- it's I, a I thumbs can, up. I can definitely. That's a yeah. definitely a thumbs up for me. So another one that I think uh, with that his, historic perspective that we watched is Oppenheimer. I don't know if you've seen Oppenheimer yet. I haven't, but it just about won everything at the Golden Globes. In it, the drama it was, department, it did. It, and, uh, you know, Oppenheimer, uh, Cillian Murphy. Who was you know from Pinky Blinders is where he kind of broke out. British actor, very good. And Robert Downey Jr. won Best Supporting, the Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actor. And uh, again, the role he played, the historic significance of the whole Manhattan Project story. I didn't know a lot of that inside information. I knew what the Manhattan Project was, and I had seen other movies like Fat Man and Little Boy and stuff like that. But a really new eye-opening perspective on the Manhattan Project, the people involved, the whole Russian scare, Red Scare thing that people were going through post-World War II. Very well done. Well, and the mental conflicts that some yes. of them are having with what they knew that they were doing. Ethical ethical dilemmas, what was going to happen afterward, that kind of thing. Right. And, and a lot of that stuff came to fruition, you know, sure did. they were prescient they, in some of those ways. Yeah, they were. I mean, as far as their thinking is concerned, they yeah. were sort of spot on they were. with, yeah. with what they, they saw. They could see the, the handwriting on yeah. the wall. Exactly. Yeah. The, the, the one thing about Oppenheimer that I will say it's three hours. It's long. It's but, long. It's good, but it, and I, and I'm not, it has to be two hour movie. I'm not one of those guys, but it, could have probably been pared down a little bit. Um, so you did you actually go to a movie house where they no, sell we, popcorn and all that? Or did not you for see Oppenheimer. It? We saw it at home. Okay, and it was good. But uh, we have been to a movie house on a couple of these others. But that one was uh, comfort of our own easy chair. At Chateau Inlow. Yes, Chateau Inlow. Yeah, but no, Oppenheimer is very good. And if you like historical based. Movies, you'll like this one. I love those kind of movies. I do too. So I, I am sorry that I haven't seen it yet. Well, but, there's but still time. I know. It's not going away. That's true. I'll tell you one. We did go. We kind of went over the holidays. We went on a jag where we were going to the theater. We had the time, and uh, so we did it. So we went to see – the first one was Boys in the Boat. This is kind of a sleeper. I got to tell you, I don't think it's getting as much press as it might have. And there has, it has been eclipsed by the release of some other ones since it was released. This is the story of set in the 1930s, pre-World War II, the University of Washington rowing uh, team, the crew. And it's an eight-man skull. And um, it's leading into the 1939 Olympics. Uh, thir- or 36 Olympics, I guess that would be, with Jesse Owens and, right. you know, Hitler's come to power and it's like um, the master race. Right. He expects to win everything. everything. And the Germans are a powerful, growing machine worldwide. They're known for that. And this coach takes this team of 
scruffians coming out of the depression and turns them in, into Olympic champions. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> you you kind of need to know that going in. That's not a surprise. All you, you know, but but it's very inspirational. Um, the one guy in it that plays the coach is a face that you'll recognize. I had to look him up to, to find his name. It's uh, Joel Edgerton. He plays the coach. And I can name movies you'd, you've seen him in, but you won't know what role it was because it's always kind of a supporting role. The rest of the guys, the, the guys that play the, the crew, I, I didn't know any of them. They're all new faces. And then there's one other guy that's in it, Peter Guinness, who is a British character actor. And again, you'll know this guy's face the minute you see him. But he usually plays the villain. He usually plays like a Russian villain or the Nazi officers. He's got one of those. He's bald headed. He's got one of those angular faces. And in this one, he plays the boat builder. And it's a really great role for him because he's not the bad he's guy. He's not the bad guy. And he's a great character actor, Peter Guinness. I actually wondered if he was um, related to Alec Guinness, but I don't think he is. Uh, but he's just a wonderful, wonderful character actor. So it's very well acted, very well produced. Some of the cinematography during the boat racing mm-hmm. is really cool, the way they use the camera and move the camera. And again, it's historic. So I learned a lot about that time and that whole sport, which I didn't know a lot about. So Boys in the Boat is worth a watch. No doubt about it. Well, and there's a few of those kind of movies that, you know, Miracle on Ice automatically yes. sort of comes to mind. It's sort of that kind of thing. Yeah, or Chariots uh, of Fire. Chariots of Fire, uh, yes. Yeah. It's very Chariots of Fire-esque. Yeah. No doubt about it. That's a good comparison. That's okay. It's, yeah. it's okay for the good guys to win every now and It's okay then. to know that they're going to win going <laughs> in, too. So. Yeah. yeah. It would have yeah. been a very different movie. Yeah. No kidding. So, Well, I wanted to get your perspective, too, because I know we've both seen season six of The Crown. I was laying there the other night thinking about the way they ended it, and I thought, okay, had you ended it differently, how would I have felt about the way that the season progressed? I was going to get your thoughts on that because I thought – it was it was really kind of cool for those spoiler alert that yeah, the, yeah spoiler alert folks well, if you haven't seen the end we're going to talk about the ending yeah. of the crown so the queen sort of going through the big doors you know and the light and yeah. You, yeah. there was some symbolism there because oh, yeah. uh, we know what happened yeah. you know we know what really happened you know the queen did die yeah, and, no surprises you know he became king and yeah, you know no so, surprise here but uh, I what, what what's your thoughts on I that thought, because I thought you could have made another and one more episode that went through her death and I and, didn't need another episode but I don't think I did either yeah, yeah. I thought they ended it very well. I thought I was very satisfied uh, with the ending. It was a great series. The whole series was top notch. If you have not seen The Crown, I highly recommend The Crown. It's a Netflix series about Queen Elizabeth II, and it really is her whole life. The I mean, whole it starts life. with her as a young girl when her uncle abdicates the throne right. to her father. And so, a uh, great story. It's what is it? Four? Is it five seasons? Six seasons. Six seasons. Okay. So six. the sixth season has been released. You can see them all. 
I thought the ending was great. I loved some of the symbology they did visually with bringing back. Th- there are three different actresses that play the queen during the course of her life. That was kind of an artsy thing they did. At it the was end. artsy, but it worked. But it was cool. It really worked. Yeah. It was very uh, a great way to wrap it up. And uh, they do go through the queen's death and funeral and and. Uh, uh, Charles's ascension to the throne. Uh, I liked it. And the, I liked the, whole, and, the, and the whole business of it's it's kind of funny. You know, you think about they they tend to make a really big deal out of things that we go. Who who gives a shit? Go get married. You know what? Oh, but this is a big deal. It was a big deal. Whether he was going to marry Camilla and how it was going to be done and when it was going to be done and I mean all of the details yes. and and am I supporting this? And I mean the whole thing. Was just well, even it's the whole, not something we would understand. The whole thing of her, and I don't know, I don't know how much artistic license they took with this stuff, or how much is actually factual. But according to the Crown, there was a rumor or a thought that she was going to step down after his wedding and make the announcement at his wedding reception. It's a great scene! It's the best scene. It is so good because her little speech to them is. Phenomenal! It's funny. I was, it's humorous. I was jaw dropped. I was I like, was, "Did she really do that?" And, and she's like, "Stand up!" And there's was, all this anticipation amongst the people there that she's going to step down and let him ascend to the throne, including family members. Yes, they were all ready for it, and it didn't happen. <laughs> and so, <laughs> what's it like? And what was it like? Either he said, "He said, uh, Granny was that." Uh, speech a little shorter than it was originally. <laughs> and she had a great comeback. I don't remember what it was. Um, and Janet will tell you, my wife will tell you, I've never been enamored with the whole royal family stuff. Anytime, you know, coronations and weddings, I'm like, nah, I don't care. But but The Crown is a great a great series. I was looking at the folks. The, the casting on this phenomenal was just amazing. Yeah. Um, and in the this uh, what I'm looking at is the Crown season six cast, and they have the cast member and the actual member of the royal family right next to each other. Yeah. And not only did they do a good acting job, but they sure did a good job of pairing them up as far as looks. Yes, as looks yes they did. Concerned. Um, yeah. Well, Charles, there's a, well, Charles's of- ears aren't big enough, but other than that. Yeah, but that guy's a great actor. I love really, him. He's and very I'm, good. His name's Dominic Gaten. West. Yes, I love Dominic West. Well, you know what? He's in he's in one of my top five movies. He's in uh, Rockstar. Oh, okay. He plays Cut Cuddy of Steel Dragon <laughs> in Rockstar. He's great. He's a very versatile actor. Well, Amanda, the thing, Amanda casting, Stoughton, who's, who played the Queen, yeah. I thought was She's great. over the top. All three and, of the Queen portrayers and were, Diana were, was was scary she was good she was scary good she was very good yeah. as far as looks are concerned too so here's a good segue from the crown to another one that i saw okay and it's casting wise so vanessa kyleene who played josephine in in napoleon plays princess anne in the crown and napoleon was another one that we went to the theater and saw and it's a really good you know talk about epic Oh, yeah. Napoleon is epic. Another historical a bi- uh, a drama. B- a big little guy. A big, yeah. Ridley Scott directed it. Phenomenal look. You know, it's got the whole gladiator look to it. The battle scenes are great. The costumes are great. Cinematography is great. I like Joaquin Phoenix, and I thought he did a good job. I thought he underplayed the character a little bit, and then we, he would have these explosive moments. Maybe that was a choice. Maybe that was the way they saw Napoleon. I don't know, but it was good. 
It was a good movie. It's two and a half plus. Uh, again, it's a long one, but uh, very well done. I'm not sure I've seen a lot of nominations out of it yet, but you might come Oscar time. Um, but but it's a good movie, and especially if it makes the jump to streaming services, yeah, it'll be good. But if you if you watch it at home, make sure you got a big screen TV because it's it's epic in its scope. Is it long? It's two and a half plus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, but but Napoleon was good. It was yeah. It's two thirty eight. So, but Ridley Scott doesn't make bad movies. So yeah. No, Ridley good. Scott makes good movies. Yeah, he does. He absolutely does. Yeah. So Napoleon was another one we went to the to the theater and saw. And it's, you know, it's funny. It just seems like there's certain films when they come out, you're like, I don't want to see that on the small screen. Yeah. I want to see that big. I want to hear yeah. those those Dolby speakers, you yeah. know, rattling in the wall. Napoleon certainly is like that. Oppenheimer we did see on the small screen and it was okay. But yeah, I get it. Boys in the Boat was good on a big screen. Yeah. yeah it was good on a big screen. Those so. boats are nice and long. And you know, yep. there's something about, Brad, about going to, you mentioned, you asked me this, did I pop popcorn? Uh, I did the other night. I popped some popcorn. I love popcorn with <laughs> my <you>? movie. <laughs> I do too. And you know, you can have just come from an eight course meal. But you smell and if you're it? in the movie theater, yep. I got to have some popcorn with my movie. Sometimes a, over at the Capitol, they'll, they'll set up, they'll yeah, set up yeah. the, the popcorn machine. And I told people, I said, you know, this would be a happier place if they would just pop popcorn every day. Yeah. And you had, you had that, yeah. you know, that wonderful smell wafting up and down the, the, yes. the, the halls would be a really good idea. Do you remember the movie Michael? With John Travolta, John Travolta, he, played, and he plays played, the, the archangel Michael on yeah. Earth. The, when women would come around him, they would be attracted to him because of this smell. But each of them, it was different. It was different. It was like freshly baked bread for one of them and chocolate chip cookies. For me, it would be popcorn. movie popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, anything else you've been been uh, viewing, streaming, anything like that? Okay, there's one I kind of want. I think you've seen some of it. And I want to I want to warn people about this. One. Okay, bodies. That's the one where it's four different decades. Yes, and there's a murder, and you're given a perspective on four different ways that the detective of that era went about trying to figure out who did this. Don't spoil it for me because I'm not done with it yet. Did you finish it? I couldn't finish. You it. couldn't. I got about to the end, but okay. I I just got so frustrated and confused on on it's, exactly kind of what was going down. I, I think I've only got one more episode. Oh, you, well, so I need to finish well, it up. Then we can't we can't spoil it. But I can tell you the first talk about something that grabbed me. The first episode grabbed me. Well, the cliffhanger on the first episode is like, whoa. When they were way I'm back, in on they this. were in the way back, right? Yeah, well, there was, I'm not, again, I'm not going to give this one away, but, um, it just had a, the first episode had a cliffhanger that was like, I want to see the next episode. I want to know what happened. So, but it is, it is time travel. It is, it can get confusing, a little hard to follow at times. I get it, but I'm going to, I'm going to try and finish it. Okay. That's one of those that I'm overloaded with so much stuff. I, I need to get back to it. So, but bodies and that is, that's Netflix, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bodies are on Netflix. We went to the movie theater and saw The Color Purple, the musical. Oh, yeah. Now, I think I knew this in the back of my head, but i kind of forgotten. At first, when I saw it was a movie release in the theater, I thought, oh, they've just redone The Color Purple. No. This is 
a movie of the Broadway musical Color Purple, which, of course, is taken from the original Walker work. It is different. It's the same story, but they've emphasized a few different parts of the story than the original Whoopi Goldberg, Danny Glover movie. And um, that was in 1985. But great performances. Um, Fantasia is amazing as Seeley. Big big voices in there. She's amazing as Seeley. Danielle Brooke plays Sophia, which was the Oprah Winfrey role in the original, does a phenomenal job in that role. It's really well done. The ending scene is probably one of the best scenes of the movie in that, in the way it wraps it all up. It's very, very emotional, very um, inspiring. So it's worth it. Color Purple is a good one. Good, good movie musical. And uh, I have not seen the stage, so I don't, so I don't know what kind of adaptation it was but as far as just a, a good entertainment some good dance numbers some really good dance numbers down in the you know the honky tonk or mm-hmm. the speakeasy back then it was uh it was really cool so it's it's worth a watch i uh i love the great dance scenes you know we talked oh, about yeah. that we, we had did. a lot of fun last episode talking about dan- dance good... dance related movies and stuff like that you and know so... and after we talked about that i went back i went back and watched that white knight scene again and it was so good. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Well, my, my brother was in. My brother was in for Christmas, and he and I were talking about Jelly's Last Jam. Yeah. And the fact that they're doing it at Lincoln Center. Oh yeah. And I tell you what, Keith, I would almost get in, get on a plane, and go out there to see that again. It'd be quite a show because uh, I'm sure it is a, another whole group of. Uh, some of the best African American dancers, dancers, period, anywhere in that show because it's a. I mean the the whole cornerstone of that of that uh, show is dance, yeah. and yeah. Uh, you know it was it was such a a treat getting to see the original one you know, way back when we did. You know, kind of with the revival, I'll call it a revival of the movie musical because we have had a few of those and uh, I think Wicked's on the way. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'm surprised something like Jelly's Last Jam hasn't been made into a move, uh, movie, you know. It would it would make a great movie. Because of the dance numbers and the music and stuff. Yeah. I think it would be a great movie. <laughs> yeah. I wish they'd have made it when Gregory Hines was, well, was I know. still around because yeah. um that would uh, he was so good, yeah. and the little and the little Savon Glover yeah. who was yeah. in his he was about ten or yeah. something I think when he did the Broadway show. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, so. I've got one more. Yeah, um, go ahead. That I, that I just watched. I've got about one uh, more too. Brand we'll... brand new, brand spanking new. The Lift with Kevin Hart. Okay. It's a um, it's kind of a uh, who done it. Uh, meets uh, gadget movie uh, meets the 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 bad guys rob even badder guys you know oh, yeah. so uh, it, the sting <laughs> yeah, type thing yeah it the is con men con the con men yeah. yeah and so you end up rooting for the for the the fun the fun bad guys as opposed to the really bad bad yeah, guys yeah and uh, there's there's airplanes involved and stealing gold and it's um, that's it's, always it, fun it's a, it's a pretty good it's you don't have to think real hard. And Kevin Hart's funny. He's not as fun. He's not as as wacky in this one. He's, oh, really? He's kind of the leader of his of his little gang. Okay, and they're all really sophisticated, really smart. So people. this is high tech crime. Huh? This is real high tech. I like that stuff. This is real high tech. I like that kind of stuff. Yeah, and it yeah. starts out with a uh, a big auction, and they're auctioning off NFTs. You know what NFTs are? They are no, non-fugable tokens. 
So it's like Bitcoin type stuff. It, yeah, it is. It's um, it's a form of uh, cryptocurrency, cryptocurrency yeah, yeah. that evidently cannot be copied. It's and so they end up. I think they grab the guy that created it. Yeah, <laughs> but it gets off and, and Interpol's involved. And, oh yeah. Uh, so it's you know what? It's just fun. You well, know, you don't have and to. It's always good to have good. Just fun movie once in a while. Kevin's you know? good in it, and yeah, he, he really good. is. And but he's he's not cracking jokes every five minutes. Um, yeah. He's he's kind of the leader of the group, yeah. and the story itself is is okay. But some of the pyrotechnics and some, some of stunt work. some of the stunts yeah. and some of the stuff that they do because they so turn, is they turn this jet over. <laughs> she's flying the jet and she's screwing with the bad guys who are in the back. So she flipped the jet over and then goes slamming against the wall. It was <laughs> All right. So are but are some of the are the stunts and stuff uh are they believable are they is it all cg and and animation and that kind of stuff no 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 i think because you know that uh, stuff gets overproduced i know it gets and and there's a little bit of that sure um it's it was fun yeah like like big the lift the lift now is it in theaters or is it no it's on netflix Netflix. just just started so okay so you can find that on netflix yes i have you a i have you a fresh commentary on this one okay it that's just, a good just, one just came out well the the other couple of things that i've been watching or have finished uh on streaming services is the gilded age on uh max okay. used to be hbo they now call it the max really good christina bransky uh, a couple of other really good names in that it's a, it's a period com uh, period drama set in the the gilded age around the turn of the century great costumes great sets some of these houses and stuff that these people in new york lived in i want to see then. that it's like, no it's good because i've it's been really down good. i've been down to jekyll island yeah and it was a bunch of those families that actually built all that stuff right. down on jekyll island yeah. uh yeah it would yeah. be it would be amazing i would yeah, like this to see is, that one um, i don't get max but well it'll it'll get out there but it's it's really good um and then reacher of course is back for his next season i and, forgot uh, to put reacher down reacher's yeah. on there but it's one of those are releasing one episode at a, a week and so you gotta bide your time and the the other one is fargo fargo's season five john ham's in this one okay um the other thing that's in this one is the girl that juno temple is playing the lead in this season of fargo and she is the girl who plays keely and ted lasso okay. and i couldn't i'm assuming she's british because she's so good in that role she's playing a north dakota Oh yeah, uh, don't oh, you know? yeah, don't you know? <laughs> For sure. <laughs> For sure. And it's like she's perfect. She is amazing in Fargo. <laughs> I didn't even put the two together. I mean, I knew her face, and I'm like, where do I know her from? It's Ted Lasso. She's Keely and Ted Lasso, which if you haven't seen Ted Lasso, that should be first on your list. One of the most well-written scripts and series I've seen for a long time, so. The last one on my list is one that Janet and I watched on streaming service the other night, The Holdovers, and you can rent it on Amazon Prime, but it's Paul Giamatti set in the 1970s, um, a boys boarding school, and it's kind of like New England, and it's the Christmas holidays. Paul Giamatti is one of the teachers at the school. All the boys are going home except a handful who are held over because their families either, for whatever reason, they're not going home. Paul Giamatti stuck with them there. 
And uh, we heard about this on the Golden Globes. It's nominated for a bunch of stuff. He won Best Actor in a Musical or Comedy. Uh, Divine Joy Randolph plays the cook that stays around to feed them, Mary. She won Best Supporting Actress. The young guy who plays the the main student is Dominic Sessa. He plays a character named Angus Tully. This is his first film role. For, oh, wow. To speak of, there's, he did something when he was a kid, uh, very young, but this is really his first, and he is phenomenal. He's really good. So Holdovers is a really good movie. And I think uh, Jan and I both agreed this one is going to be a, maybe a front runner for Best Picture. Well, my brother also asked me, he said, hey, you know, and I can't see everything. And yeah. he said, hey, have you seen Paul in, in this, uh, the holdover yet? And I said, no, but I evidently is getting a buzz. He said, you got to see it. It's really, really good. Giamatti's one of those Giamatti's actors just, that could do anything. Is, and I is. love him because, you know, he defies the Hollywood lead man in his, he's not gorgeous. He has a lumpy body. He's, you know, he's, but he is such a good He's a oh great actor. John Adams. Did you see John Adams? Mm-hmm. Great. That was a performance. Boy. Oh, no. I'll kidding. tell you what. Great performances, John Adams. Bobby Vance, if you haven't seen that one, go back and look that one up. That was a good one. And I think he was in a little uh, wine movie, was he not, Keith? Oh, yes. He was. <laughs> I even forgot about that. With Thomas Hayden Church, he was in Sideways. Sideways. I am not. Drinking Merlot! <laughs> one, of the, one of the patron saint of oh my God. Uh, movies for wine drinkers. No kidding. How could I forget that? I, I, I'm worried no about doubt. you. I am no wor- doubt. really worried. Oh, wow. Well, I'll i tell you, this character is so far away from that. That's why you... Yeah. That's, that's a sign of a good actor when you don't... You know, they're not always the same person. So, all right. So, well, well that's, 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 that's what we've been watching. I hope this helps a little bit. Yeah, maybe, give you some stuff to watch. Maybe while you're... Sitting around wondering, and you know what, what to watch, and Bobby what not Vance, to watch. If we miss something, and you've got stuff for us, let us know. Yeah, yeah hold us on the uh, Facebook page, Instagram, email us at we like that podcast at gmail dot com, and tell us what you're thinking about. Yeah, we'd love to get it, talk about it, get it on the on the program. We so. Absolutely would. We absolutely would. Well, Keith, you know what? It is time for the most important and heralded part. Of the We Like That To program, it is now time for the El Bandito Yankee Tequila three top picks. That's right, Brad. El Bandito Yankee Tequila is the official sponsor of the We Like That To top three picks portion of the podcast. Keith, tell the Bombi Vance the top three reasons El Bandito Yankee is our choice when it comes to premium tequilas. Well, first of all, El Bandito is authentically crafted by traditional methods using only mature Blue Weber Agave, so you know it's the real stuff. That's right, and it's also confirmed 100% additive-free, no added flavors, no chemicals, no nonsense, just pure natural tequila goodness. Yeah, but you know the best reason, Brad? What's that? It's a taste. Whether you're mixing it in your favorite cocktails or just sipping it straight. Oh, yeah. And whether it's the Blanco or Reposado, El Bandito Yankee Tequila goes down nice and easy. You bet it does. You know what the folks at El Bandito call that? It's It's criminally smooth. smooth. Oh, yeah. It's premium tequila at a palatable price. So ask for it wherever you buy your fine spirits. El Bandito Yankee Tequila. And now it is time for the three top picks now you know what bud we've talked about this for a while we're we're pretty much go along get along kind of guys you know it's not in our nature 
to go out and antagonize people. All of that. And that's not the purpose of our choice here. But <laughs> the reason we have wavered on this for so long is we don't want this. We don't want to have negative. Yeah, you're right. We don't want to. We don't want to be negative about anything. But this, we're going to approach this from a. This is an opinion piece. It is. Two opinions. <laughs> you know what opinions are you like. You all might you know? be pissed at our opinions. <laughs> you might be. We might be pissed with each other's opinions. I'm sure we're going to have a little disagreement here. I've, well, yeah, I think we probably will. I think because some of this we've mentioned before, but we're going to make it official. So the three top picks today is three top overrated bands. All right. So this is a you know talk about stirring the shit. We're, we're going to stir the shit a little we're bit. We're going to get in trouble. <laughs> I'm actually looking forward to this because, and there's a reason, because as I did my research for my three talk picks, I feel very justified in my choices. Uh, I got a couple of them. I've def- <laughs> yeah, and I went and I looked too, and you know, I looked at some that other people considered to be overrated, um, a couple of which I think you will be extremely upset about, and, and I disagree wholeheartedly with. I'm not going to be upset about anything because it is an opinion thing. Yeah. And you know what they say about opinions? <laughs> They're like assholes. Everybody has one, and most of them stink. stink. That's right. That's right. That's All right. right. So three top overrated bands, according to Keith and Brand. According to us. All right. I'm going to go first. All right. The Doors. All right. Oh, well, we hit on that one. Did we? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So there's this whole mystique about The Doors. Started in 1965. Uh, Jim Morrison, you know, OD'd in 71, but they say the band went on till 78. I would argue that. But The Doors, I get it. It was an era thing. But they were just clouded in this drug-induced moody, angsty rock with this Hammond organ sound behind them and underneath it that just... uh, I just think they're so overrated. When I see somebody who's a Doors fanatic, I'm like, really? I get it. I like a couple of their songs. I like some of their songs, you know, Riders on the Storm. Great song. I like it. But here's here's why I'm justified, I believe. Only three top ten singles and only two that made it to number one. number one. Yeah. In the history of their only three right. made it. The rest of them are like barely top 100. I mean, Light My Fire is, yeah. But, yeah. you know, even yeah. even some of some of their live performances, you know, they would take some song and, and make a 25-minute thing out of it. Because he was on some acid trip, laying around on the stage, grinding around, you know, yeah. moaning, and yeah, it was just thing was the rest. Most everybody of, else in the audience was too, so it made sense. <laughs> the rest, the rest of the band had no choice but to vamp for twenty five yeah. minutes. Yeah, I don't know. So the doors are one of my. Well, what, uh, anything you got? Anything you have to add to that? No, not really. I, I was going to say, you know, it's uh, you, you think it's kind of a cult like thing. You know, you go to Paris or whatever, and you yeah. got and you got to go to Jim Morrison's. Uh, our good friend Denny has taken kids over there, and he yeah. said, "Rule number one: I am not going to Jim Morrison's grave." <laughs> it is a cult type thing. It's sort of like it's cool to like the Doors. You know, you got, if you're not cool, if you don't like the Doors, well, I'm not cool. I then. guess I'm just not there. And again, if a song comes on the radio, it, it doesn't mean I hate them. Are they in the Hall of Fame? I, I bet probably. they are. Yeah, probably. Are. I didn't even go that far, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> I don't use the Hall of Fame to judge who should be or shouldn't be in the Hall of believe Fame. Me, believe me, I don't either. Yeah. I don't either. All right. Well, since we doubled on that, why don't you go? Okay. Next. Well, this won't come as any big no, shock. I know. 
<laughs> I don't want to say the band's name, but the initials are Pink Floyd, right? No. Oh, you're kidding me. No, I was going oh. Moody, Moody Blues. Oh, sorry, man. Okay. No, I'm sorry. Nights, nights, and white satin. I just, I can't get through it. I can't get over it. It's just too fucking weird. I just breathe no. deep. The yeah. gathering gloom. Uh, don't do that. Watch lights fade Stop from it, every Keith. room. No, I know that whole thing. I can do the whole thing if you'd like me to. Well, that's disturbing I know. in itself. Well, it's because we did an oral interpretation, and anytime you had to do a poem. <laughs> In class, you just went and got song lyrics, and that was a popular one. Mrs. Barry should have slapped you silly. Uh, but anyway, I mean, they were in the Hall of – they did go into the Hall of Fame. Now, they did have seven number one hits in the U.S. They did yeah. 16 albums, and so I will, I will give them their props. I mean, they they uh, they were pretty prolific as far as, as sales. and But there's – you know, again, there's Moody Blues people and there's not Moody Blues it people. It is either a love or hate relationship, it seems to me. I agree. And, and you don't offend me because I was not a Moody Blues. Other than that song, I don't know I can name one other song they ever did. Yeah. You know? So I'm not a Moody Blues fanatic by any means. They did I'm Just a Singer in a Rock and Roll Band. That was Moody Blues? Yeah. They did have a resurgence. Uh, yeah, they kind of made a comeback. And, and the other thing we should point out, Moody Blues are a prime example, and one of my other picks is going to be another prime example. This has nothing to do with talent or musicianship. Oh, no, absolutely okay. not. No. Because the Moody Blues were all ultra-talented musicians. Yep. It's just whether or not you like what, like they what do. they do. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly And they right. were part of that whole moody... English. English. Well, yeah, but that whole moody, mood-driven, angst-driven rock, you know, progressive Progressive sound. rock. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, okay. I can live with that. Okay. All right, so my number two is another English band that came out, if it wasn't for MTV, this band I don't believe ever would have been anything, and that is Duran Duran. Duran Duran? Duran Duran. <laughs> <laughs> Named after a sex toy from the movie Barbarella. Well, I like that part. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of clever. <laughs> I'll give pretty you that. funny. 1978 yep. to They Say Present, but I think they've run their course. Again, Hungry Like the Wolf, their most, probably, arguably, their most famous and well-known song only made it to number three one of their number one songs is view to a kill so their soundtrack to a bond movie is really their claim to fame yeah the other the other thing is again not arguing their musicianship but it was all that techno electronically produced overproduced sound of the you know the late 80s early 90s and i just stuff mtv stuff and they had some cool videos, so, I will say. They had some. We're not saying overrated Didn't videos. They did Rio. They did Rio. Yeah. yeah. Rio was like their. Th- they had three songs that really hit. Her name the is top Rio. And yeah, I yeah. liked it because that was the one on the boat. That was a. That was yeah, a. That was a cool a, video. It had a hot model in tiger body paint and stuff. Wasn't oh, that I don't Rio? Re- or was I don't that re- hungry like the wolf? I don't remember that part. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been Hungry Like the Wolf. I don't remember. They, they did have that. some good videos. Yeah, they did. Good one. All right. They did. All right. Rush. Well, Sorry. we doubled on that one. No, I was see. saving that one until last. <laughs> I didn't know you felt that way about Rush. Oh, man. I, All right, let's talk about Rush. If, if I listen to Tom Sawyer one more time, I'm going to puke. Okay. I just, but, so, so we're going we're gonna to disagree on a couple things about Rush, but we probably agree about most things about Rush. Well, they had, according to Billboard, they had no hits. Zero. Uh, no zero top Zero number one, zero top uh, ten. They had about seven harm, uh, Only seven that, that hit the that, Billboard charts. Yeah. 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 But um, – I just I don't know. I think it's because there there were a couple of kids in my class who absolutely lived and died by Rush. I think they had every T-shirt, 
and I just would ask them, I don't get it. I just don't understand. And they're like, oh, man, you got the greatest band on the planet. It was an album rock, progressive rock band that that had its cult following. Uh, Again, let's get back to musicianship. If you take three people in that band, uh, you know, you got Neil Perth on drums. Yeah. Arguably one of the best rock drummers of all time. Yep. You got Alex Leifson on guitar, arguably one of the best lead guitar players of any rock band anywhere. And you got Getty Lee, who doubles on bass and keyboards. Not an easy feat. Mm -mm. Three probably of the best rock musicians out there. I don't care. (laughs) And there's one thing that made me think Rush was... And actually, I like Tom Sawyer. I think Tom Sawyer's a good song, but I cannot stand Getty Lee's voice. That high, squeaky voice just, I'm good for one song, and that's it. And I just don't like his vocals. Yeah. You know? Well, I don't either. Yeah. So there it is. Tom Sawyer, by the way, only made it to 44 right. in the charts. Yep. The other thing, though, I do admire, like ZZ Top, for three people, they made a lot of music. Yeah. They had a big sound for only three people. Yep. You know? So basically, yeah, basically to to him for that. Yep. Yeah. But overrated. (laughs) Overrated. (laughs) So I I assume you probably looked at a few of the lists that I looked at. And I was I didn't I had my three. I just wrote them down and I did some research on them. I was shocked at some of the ones that were on the same list. And one of them was the Eagles. Well, there's I'm a like, con- what? There's a contingent of hard rock people who think the Eagles were too country rock and too uh, acoustic, and they're wrong. <laughs> and so they have the I right to be their wrong. Opinion, but I respect much. their right to be wrong. Okay, <laughs> I got you. And and some others that they really they really didn't like was pretty much all of the grunge bands during the '90s, well, Nirvana and a yeah. bunch of those. They're they're like, you know what? You listen to them once, you know it's '90s. You don't listen to them again. It's just kind of a they, they were what they were at the time, and yeah, that's it. Yeah, you know. So I get that, and it, you know, a lot of it is what you grow up with. Yeah, you know, if something is popular when you're growing up, and you tie memories to music and life events to music, I get that. Sure, I'm not here to rain on anybody's parade. Well, but you know, you have your you have your right to be wrong and i have my right to be wrong <laughs> well all right and pink, pink, <laughs> floyd, pink floyd was on a couple of those the dead was on the dead was on a few yes. of those a few of those I, lists. i've seen that before but and i'll be the first to okay so go on with your last one that's a, no i've that it yeah because i know you and i agree don't agree on pink floyd the thing i can understand and agree on is like it's not for everybody i get it yeah pink floyd, my wife doesn't like pink floyd music you know so I have to listen to it by myself, and uh, I have to go to Pink Floyd tribute band concerts by myself. So, uh, you know, I get it. It's not for everybody. That's so, why the world goes around. That's Variety right. is the spice of life, that's right? That's right. And, so, and some of these shows we talked about, you may not like. You may not like the movies. I don't know. So, so. send all your comments to Keith. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I I – Welcome. Any comments? Let's get some discussion going on. Yeah, let's do it. That would be great. I know y'all are out there because we keep growing every month. You know, we'll throw this three top picks topic up on the the Facebook page and and, and we'll get some discussion going. See what happens. Yeah. That's fine. We've been wanting to do this. We did it. I think we kept it pretty positive. I think so too. We didn't, I'm not trashing anybody. I'm not trying to trash anybody. It's just, you know, my opinion. 
Mine too. One man's opinion. So there you go, Bobby Vance. Thank you for joining us again, and I hope you all have a great 2024. Yeah. And I hope you spend it with us every other Wednesday. You bet. So we'll, we're still going strong. We got some. Uh, we got some stuff that uh, we're hoping to get pulled together, yeah. and it could hey, be a great year. We hit a couple of thresholds with our followers on Facebook and stuff. Bobby Vance, if you have not done so, please go out follow the Facebook page. Invite your friends. Follow us on Instagram. We appreciate your patronage. Absolutely. For All those right. of you in the Midwest, stay stay, stay warm. warm. <laughs> it's going to be a three-dog night, as I say. All, All right, right, Mr. Dr. Jones. Cheers. We Like That Too is produced as a labor of love for the enjoyment of Bon Vivants everywhere. To get information about our bottles and links to our guests, go to our website, welikethatpodcast.com. Tune in to new episodes by subscribing on Apple, Spotify, and other popular streaming apps. Please remember to rate, review, and share. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Like That Podcast. So everybody, hey, remember the numbers. One bottle, two good friends, and three top picks because we We like like that that too. We like that too. We like that too. We like that too, we like that too.